Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine, co-host and bestie. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Tracy. Hey, one thing. What? Oh, sorry. I should have said this before we started recording, yeah, but should've. I'll just say it now. <laughs> uh, Ron and I just returned from a, tr- a trip yeah. where we drove. I missed you. I missed you too. <laughs> but I was listening to you on the podcast. Oh. So we listened to a few podcasts on our travel, uh-huh. you know, 2,500 miles we traveled. Ugh. I know, that's a long way. But one of the things that came out in the listening was the, you've got to move the microphone closer to your lips. If it's any closer, I'm going to be know. eating it. I know, that's why we need um, sponsors so we can get new microphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good segue, yes. Yeah, speaking of, we yeah. do have sponsors of the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. And Who are they? Well, they are our husbands, mm-hmm. Ron and Kenny mm-hmm. Puffin. Yeah. Poo and Muffin. And they've been sponsors from day one. And that's, you know, great. And Mm -hmm. we appreciate that. And now we have Patreon sponsors. Yes, we do. I'm so excited about that. Me too. We have six sponsors so far. And they contribute $5 a month. Awesome. I know. And all of that money is going to be used to help us move the podcast forward and get some new microphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do some and, advertising and things like that. Yeah. To yeah. grow. To grow. Yeah. Right. Okay, so now I'm looking, mm-hmm. and you don't look that close to the microphone to me. It like, is, like, it is literally about a half an inch away from my lips. Mm. I'd measure it. It's two mm. fingers. It's two fingers away from my lips. So put... It is at the moment, yeah. Put your lips... They're two, right there. Two fingers away from the mm-hmm. actual microphone. Make sure that it's turned. And I got two little fingers. They're right there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you have two big lips. Oh, no. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, um, remember when we first started with these microphones and we had them upside down? I, yes. And that didn't work. And it wasn't like they were upside down in the carrier. Mm-hmm. They were turned around the wrong way. So make sure that you're, you're right. I'm right. You got the little logo yeah, there. Yeah. It's and you on. just have to really I, get in there. I, yeah, I hit it several times when I'm talking. <laughs> That's how close I am. I think that your decimals are just louder. Well, like they, I do. It could be, but we have to adjust so that when, when you listen when you're in the car, because that's where we were. Mm-hmm. I was coming across louder than you were. I I know. <laughs> when I edit. It's yes. So you either need to speak up mm. or turn me down or <laughs> something. I don't know how to fix it, but we have. To I don't fix either. It. All right, all we, right. We need a um, editor, a producer, and that'll help too. Oh yes, <laughs> help us, please. It'll come. Well, this is episode number one hundred and seven. Mm-hmm. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. We're just two best friends. We take a topic every week and bring it to the table, and we discuss it in an entertaining and informative way. And this week's topic, Catherine's eyebrows just went up. Like, oh, we do? <laughs> well, we do. And this week's topic is habits. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about habits. Yeah, and how to change them. Mm. Everybody's got one, at oh, least. minimum, that you Mi- want to change? Minimum. Yeah. Oh, one? I said everyone's got at least yeah. one mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, that they want to change. Maybe 10. Well. Maybe. When you think about all the habits that one has. 
you yeah. know, it can go a long way. So there's a couple takeaways that we think that you're going to get. This is what we would like for you to get out of listening to us today. If you hang in there all the way to the end, first of all, we're going to talk about the how to understand the formation of habits, mm-hmm. how they form. Mm-hmm. Secondly, how to change the habit loop. There is a there is a, a cycle. Uh, yeah. And, and you can interrupt it. You can change it, but there's a certain way to do it. And then uh, finally, we're going to be talking about putting it into practice, you know, and, and how to actually change your life as a result. So this could be a life-changing episode, Catherine. Uh, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're as always. people here. Oh, change who? We're gonna, changing people here. Oh, right. Including ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you people. <laughs> you change, not me. <laughs> Uh, As always, with every podcast, every episode, at the end, we point everyone to Jesus Mm -hmm. because that is our hope. He is our hope. So we have a little scripture to go along with habit changing, habit formation, all of that. Uh, So what say you, Catherine, about understanding habit formation and where are you getting this info? It is from the Learning Center from the University of North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I read a few articles and I felt that this one was just really suitable and really good and understandable. Mm-hmm. Made sense. So yeah. I went with it. Yeah. Plus I ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> and if it makes sense, it's usually good. Yeah. If it doesn't make well, any sense, then you're kind of like, huh. Well, it seemed attainable. Like their their way to stop that bad habit and form a new one because it had a solution to not yeah. only stop but to move well, forward. Well, what do they say about forming Well, first these- to understand a habit, we have to know what it is and how does it happen. Well, habits form when new behaviors become so automatic and they are enacted with minimum conscious awareness. Yeah, so you're not even thinking about it. Yeah. You just do it like you're in you autopilot. Exactly. And that's because the behavioral patterns we repeat most often are literally etched into our neural pathways. Thank God in some respects so that you don't have to think every day, oh my gosh, how do I do this? How do I do that? Well, and thank God also because you can put positive automatic pilot brainwaves. Right. That's what I mean. Like by if you've ever had the experience where you've had a concussion or or, or you've been with someone who has had a concussion, they forget how to put one foot in front of the other sometimes. Oh, right. And then they and have to saying, be retaught. Yeah, yeah. I so see it's where you're nice, going with it's that. So it's nice that our brain works in this way that once we have habits in stone, they kind of stay there. So on the positive side of things, yes. it works for us. Yes, exactly. And that, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, in understanding the habit formation, researchers discovered a three-step neurological pattern that forms the core of every habit. And okay. then the first step is called the cue, which is the trigger uh, that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and prompts the behavior to unfold. And the second step is routine, which is the behavior itself and the action you take. And then the last step is reward. It helps your brain determine if a particular habit loop is worth remembering or not. And generally, habits have immediate or latent rewards. So the ones with immediate immediate rewards, they're easier to pick up and condition, whereas those with delayed rewards are more difficult to commit to and maintain. Like working out? I was just going to say that. <laughs> like, like that one? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, think about how easy it is to check your iPhone. Right. An example that they said compared to exercising. So the loop is the cue, the routine, and the reward. Okay. So cue, routine, reward. Mm -hmm. That's the loop. That's the loop. And Mm -hmm. they give the example of your cell phone receives a push notification that someone likes or commented on one of your photos. And the notification serves as your cue or trigger Mm -hmm. and tells you to check, right? How many times? It's just habitual, literally. And then the routine is the actual behavior. When you receive the push notification, you automatically check it. And the reward is the benefit you gain from doing the behavior, like finding out who likes it, who commented. Um, That's why social media has... Um, hijacked our brains. I know. And you know, I think that this article must have been written uh, before TikTok. Oh. Or at least before TikTok became mm-hmm. popular. Because they use Instagram as examples. Example. But really, TikTok is extremely addictive. It was created to be habitual. Right. That's addictive. their intention. And they're being very successful yes. about it. Yeah. You know, that gives me just one little quick thought and that is this is why friends we need to turn our phones off while we're driving Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. when you're driving if you want to create a habit of not looking at your phone not responding to your phone unless you need it for directions to where you're going Mm -hmm. perhaps it would be best for us to turn it off or at least silence it so that we're not hearing that ping I think even if it's silenced, if you have it on um, your dashboard with one of those devices that you, you know, you have your phone in, even if it just lights up, I mean, you can instantly tell in a nanosecond that you've got a message, you know, and so what I have done, I don't do it all the time, is I try to put the phone out of sight. Mm -hmm. Problem is things go through my car, I suppose I could disconnected but i don't know how but so if if the phone rings i'm going nuts like if if i if my phone is hidden like Mm -hmm. oh who's calling is it important and i can see the number come up on my dashboard thing right but sometimes i don't recognize the number anyway i don't know it's just i just think we would all be safer on the roads if if we were not so tied to our phones that's the only thing so if you want to make changes in that regard Mm -hmm. put some in the research that i read about habits they they talked about friction they said put friction if you're wanting to stop a habit Mm -hmm. or if you're wanting to start a habit friction has uh plays a role so in this case let's say that we both wanted to make a habit in 2023 which we're in january of 2023 at this time when Mm -hmm. we're recording this let's say that we want to stop the habit of looking at our phone while we're driving Mm -hmm. okay and 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 so the reason that we want to do that is because we don't want to have an accident or we don't want to be distracted while we're driving or whatever Mm -hmm. we want to be safer okay um to put friction between us and that um, behavior, one would be turn the phone off so it's not on. Okay, that that means that you would have to turn it on to look and see what's going on with your phone. That's the easiest way, probably. Yeah, right. Another way would be put it in the back seat. Another way would be put it in the trunk. You know, whatever it takes to help you 
to make it harder for you to do that thing. Where if you're just depending on willpower of not looking, mm-hmm. you know, and you still have it in your display case that's uh, connected to your phone, yeah. your car where you can see it. And you're just going on willpower of I'm not going to look. Yeah, maybe not as successful. And then friction can also be used the other way to prevent you from doing bad habits that you don't want to have. So let's say, for example, you don't want to snack after dinner. Mm -hmm. Well, a good way to put friction between you and the snack is to put distance between you and that snack. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, ice cream is your downfall and you're accustomed to having a bowl of ice cream when you're sitting at night watching whatever you're watching. Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps you put the ice cream in the freezer in the garage instead of the freezer in the house. That's one way of putting distance between you and the ice cream. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps instead of buying ice cream at the grocery store, the only time that you're going to have ice cream is when you go to the ice cream parlor, you know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely put something in, in place of that to form a new habit is kind of their solution because that reward thing keeps coming up in the mind. Mm -hmm. Your brain is craving a reward all the time. So what reward are you going to have in in place of that? So speaking of that, going Mm -hmm. into changing the loop, your goal is to implement a routine that accounts for more like whatever, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. And in this case, let's just say uh, more study time. Mm-hmm. That's what they use on here. And yields the same happy feeling that your bad habit has. Okay. I, I don't so, get it. What do you okay, mean? Okay. What they're saying, say that you have a habit of going to Starbucks after class and you should be studying. Mm-hmm. And you're hanging out with your friends instead of going to the library to study. And you know that you need to spend a couple of hours each day studying, but socializing with friends makes you happy. That's that's the reward. Right. So your goal is to implement a routine that accounts for more study time and yields that same happy feeling of hanging out with your friends. Okay. Okay. But how do you do that? Well, you replace the negative routine with a healthier one. And by changing the routines and gaining new ones, you increase your chances of earning multiple rewards. So then they say to plug into a new routine Mm -hmm. into the habit loop to see how it works. So let's say that I think that what they said in this article was instead of hanging out with your friends right after class, and you know that study time is what you you need to be doing, ask some friends to come study with you and then have some social time after that. That's one example. Well, and the the encouragement that I would give to both of us as well as anybody that's listening to this is to, as Catherine said, it's one example, but there could be a hundred more yeah. that might work for you because you can, if your goal is more study time, as was pointed out in this example, Mm -hmm. you might try, okay, I'm not going to go to Starbucks, but I am going to go to the study group, but you might still find that you're still distracted. So you just have to be committed to the change enough to continue tweaking it until you see a success. Exactly. Yeah. Start out small. Yeah. And here's how you put it into practice. This now we'll go over how do you do that? Okay. Well, they say the next step is to think about a habit that you want to change. 
That begins by first describing the habit. And then um, it says below are a few questions to help you get started. Identify a habit you'd like to change. So I would like to change saying so. <laughs> you just started that I know, sentence. I did. That's how I thought of it. <laughs> and um. Well, I would, filler I would words. Like, yeah. you, you would like to just use actual words instead of yeah, filling. I would like to. Okay. Okay. When did the habit begin? Or when do you first remember doing it? Has the habit changed over time? If so, describe the changes that you have noticed. When do you typically engage in the habitual behavior? I think for me, I say it when almost only when, when I'm doing... I think it's mostly when I do the podcast. I don't think I use it. Maybe I do in regular conversation, but I don't think so. Anyway... Do you engage in the habit in a specific location? Yes, the pod lab. (laughs) (laughs) What else is usually happening in your life when the habit occurs? Does your behavior affect other people or facets of your life? Uh, What does the habit do for you? How happy or unhappy are you as a result of your habits or what are the rewards? So that's identifying what you want to change and what's what's those triggers and why does it happen? You know, I want to go back to the example that you gave of wanting to increase study time, mm-hmm. just because it's it's nice to um, kind of wrap these these thoughts around an actual example. Mm-hmm. And so, identifying the habit that you would like to change is the first bullet point under this. You know, uh, putting what we know into practice. So, your habit that you want to change is you want to increase your study time. So that you can have success in school, obviously. Mm-hmm. Okay, then when did the habit begin? Well, when it when I went to college or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. I noticed that I need to study more, mm-hmm. which was definitely the case for Tracy. When mm-hmm. Tracy went to college, I was like, uh-oh, I can't just skate by. Mm-hmm. It's not like high school. I have to study more. Um, has the habit changed over time? Well, yeah, because the need is there. Mm-hmm. So now you can't just skate by and still get an A or a B without putting in the effort as you get into these higher level classes and you actually have to read the chapter and you actually have to study the stuff and memorize it and all of that. So you definitely, if you want to succeed in college, you have got to put some study habits into your real repertoire. Yeah. Right. And that actually happened with me. I, I, I noticed I'm going to flunk out of here if I don't really figure this out. Mm-hmm. And I did what your example was of going to like a study group. And that, that got me to a, to a certain level. But then I got into higher classes and more difficult. And I found that I was doing a little too much socializing mm-hmm. in the study group. We were there to study, but we were socializing. So then I had to stop that. And, and then I just went to the library to study without others. But then uh, people that I knew would pass by. I'd be like, oh, what's new? (laughs) And eventually, I went to Illinois State University, but eventually what I ended up doing was I would walk to the neighboring campus. There was a private uh, Christian university, small, right next to the public university that I went to. Mm -hmm. And I would just walk over there and study on that campus where I didn't know a single soul. Mm -hmm. So I was still in the environment, I was still in the, as they as they say, the queue of I'm here yeah. to study, mm-hmm. okay? But the distractions were not there because I didn't know any of these people. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was the solution for me. Right. Yeah, I could see that. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I plugged in 
for me Mm -hmm. into this when I was going over this. I was like, yeah, I used to have such a good habit of getting up in the morning, having prayer time and Mm -hmm. study time. And even though I have been in Bible study, I mean, we were on Christmas break, but besides that, Mm -hmm. I got out of the habit of doing that. Instead of doing my normal habit of having a devotion time and um, things like that. Well, first of all, my devotionals that came in the mail no longer came. And I never took the steps to get it back. So Mm -hmm. then that was an excuse. And I, I somehow just got into a habit of doing just mindless things. Like checking little chores on, and stuff. Just, yeah, things like that. I mean, I, I do still have um, some prayer time. But anyway, but now, as you know, we're doing the read the Bible with um, our church family mm-hmm. in a year. Right. And so now I've got this, this app thing that I'm following, as you know, and I'm getting back into the habit again. So I it's was applying cue. that. It's a cue, right. And... And morning for me is my my best time. It's um it's my cue as soon as I sit down and I have my coffee and I'm back forming that habit again. Yeah. And they do say the the experts in habit formation do recommend that if you want to add a habit to your daily routine, like for example, what you're talking about, the daily time of reading the Bible, if you want to add that to your daily routine and it's not a part of your daily routine now, mm-hmm. pick something in your daily routine that you already do and that you like to do mm-hmm. and, th- and just piggyback. They actually call it piggybacking. Piggyback that new habit with an old habit. And so you really? mentioned coffee. Mm-hmm. If coffee is something you look oh. forward to mm-hmm. and you love and you hardly ever miss it because it's a habit. All right. Well, piggyback reading the Bible with having your coffee. Yeah. And then set yourself up for success with by having the coffee already prepared the night before in terms of all you have to do is press a button or set the timer. Yeah. Have your Bible or your app or whatever you're going to use for that Bible reading ready to go in the morning so that you just have to sit in the chair. Right. And you have the coffee and and then the coffee then becomes the cue cue. right to the behavior that you want to add, which is time in the Bible. Right. And it really is my cue. I I just went through a little bit of a spiritual rut maybe. Yeah. And we all fall into a funk and habits come and go, but that's why it's nice to have a reset. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so back to putting what we know into practice. Mm -hmm. It says, second, you need to understand how the habit operates by diagnosing its cue, routine, and reward. This will help you to gain power over it and begin making changes you seek to make. So what's the habit? What's the cue? What's the routine? What's the reward? Like we were just talking about. Yeah. And if you do that long enough you'll be back in the saddle again. Exactly, which is exactly what it says next. Because a habit is a formula that the mind automatically follows. It also says you need to re-engineer that formula by creating a new habit loop, Mm -hmm. which is, is exactly what we're talking about. Choosing a behavioral pattern that yields the reward that you want. Well, I want that feeling of fulfillment Yeah. from from Bible study. And I don't even know what my reward was when I was doing 
whatever, X, Y, Z. Well, I guess the reward was a uh, satisfaction in clutter-free area for me to sit and relax or whatever mm-hmm. before I start my day. And I guess I got into the habit of making my list, to-do list for the day, which I still do, but... Well, the rewards sometimes are obvious and other times they're a little less so, especially when we're talking about spiritual growth Mm -hmm. and maturity. And the time that we spend in the Bible is an investment that has um, dividends that go far, far, far greater than today, mm-hmm. you know, is just um, bringing knowledge and understanding. I mean, we're, we're doing this Bible in a year thing. Now, I've been a Christian for 37 years, almost 40 years. Um, I've never done the Bible in a year. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Bibles that are set up that way. I've seen the apps that are set up that way. And I have struggled with just staying disciplined, you yeah. know, and then fighting through some of the begats, you know, so-and-so begat, such-and-such, and, such and, such and, such oh, and all born. that. <laughs> born. Born. <laughs> Bore, so and so bore Habitat and Ticketath and all that. <laughs> right, but with this particular um, program or cue mm-hmm. that our pastor has encouraged the congregation to do, they start out with a video. Yeah, and the video is a devotion in and of itself, and it explains a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into okay, now read Genesis chapter fifteen, now and sixteen, and Psalm two, or whatever it is. Yeah. So that has helped me greatly to just sort of connect the dots. Like, what are we talking about, and why are we talking about it? And why does it matter? And yeah. the video is very well done. Very well done. And what I like about the video, it's two young guys, fairly young guys. Yeah. They are modern to kind of hip, so they're going to um, engage younger people, I think. You know, it's not crusty and Crusty and older. dusty? Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's really well put together. Yeah, and it's in the version Bible. Is it called U-Bible or U-Version Bible? U-Version. Yeah. And then what app. By, by the actual icon says Holy Bible, though. Yeah, well, you can U-version. find it on the App Store. Mm-hmm. And they have plans in there, all kinds all of them. All kinds, yeah. That's just one of them. Yeah, that we're I'll look. Following. I'll look it up. You go ahead on yeah. to the next thing, and I'll look it up so we can mention what the plan is. Okay, it's por- it's important to know the reward does not need to be overly elaborate. The goal is to establish a positive association with putting the habit into practice. Like for me, the coffee, right? For this particular habit that I want to uh, form and get back into. Yeah. And also, we want to note that it's important uh, that telling yourself there is a reward is not enough for a habit to stick. So I was I was going to get to that when you were describing like the ice cream and, right. and the other in the garage or whatever. Mm-hmm. One way to get a habit to stick is to repeat it. Well, we know that. In other words, repetition is very important if you want your brain to crave the reward. And so this particular researcher, he says that countless studies have shown that a cue and a reward on their own aren't enough for a new habit to last. Only when your brain starts expecting the reward, craving the endorphins or sense of accomplishment, will it become automatic. Yeah. Really important. I repeat it over and over. I read that about addiction, which shocked me that um, gamblers... Mm-hmm. who are addicted to, you know, like the sports betting or whatever kind of gambling that you do, they get the dopamine hit at the thought of gambling, not 
they get more of a hit before they gamble than if they win. I Isn't forgot, that bizarre? Yeah, you know, I forgot about that. I have heard that before. And now that you're saying it, I recall that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. The brain. Yeah. Uh, okay, wait. I want to mention this because I found the name of the plan, if you're interested in um, going doing this Bible in a Year project. It's actually called Bible Project, One Story That Leads to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing points to Jesus from Old Testament all the way through New. Right. You know, and it's really cool. So check it out on the Bible app. Yes. That's good. All right. Okay. Um, so now the question is, how do you make new habits stick when the odds are not in your favor? And prior to, to this paragraph, they talked about... Um, that people who make New Year's resolutions, that most of them fail. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's why this is starting out. How do, you, how do you make this work when the odds are against you? Okay. Well, we, we know that repetition is an, is an important factor, but that's not, that is only one piece of the puzzle. Experts agree that maintaining healthy habits require you to anticipate pitfalls. Okay. Okay. And some pitfalls that most people fall into is trying to change everything at one time. Like a major overhaul. Like this year, I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to lose all this weight. Yeah, it's too many to manage. It's too many to tackle. Yeah. Especially when it comes to you're trying to change a habit. You've got to repeat it over and over. How are you going to do that with several? Okay. Mm-hmm. So the solution is try to pick one thing and do it well. And it goes on to give an example of how how do you pick that one thing? Mm-hmm. And it's it comes down to prioritizing. Okay. And that's it in a nutshell. It also goes how do you, you know, how do you avoid the overwhelming feeling and all of that? So I would recommend going to this link for that. So read so, the article. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Yeah. Focus on one goal. You know, one of the studies that I came across um, looked at the gym as the New Year's resolution. You mm-hmm. know you know how it is at the gym in January. Everybody's there. Mm-hmm. Every machine is taken. And this particular study, I forget when it was, maybe 2015. It was in the teens somewhere. So it's not been too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they studied people who lived a 20-minute a distance from the gym versus yeah. like a five-minute distance from the gym. And they said, if you lived further away your chances of going decline Uh and so they pointed that out that if that's your problem um and then they they pointed out people that put the gym like let's say they picked a gym that was close to work or on the way home from work Mm -hmm. and they they did that like they piggybacked that gym habit with work yeah so they took their workout clothes to work. Yeah, that's what Kenny does. Yeah, and mm-hmm. on the way home, they hit the gym before they even get home. Because yeah. then if you come home and you sit down and you eat a meal, it's like, no, yeah. no, no, gym. I, I was just Who's talking. gym? Right. I was <laughs> just talking him. to my brother-in-law about that. And yeah. We were both saying, how oh, we really don't like to work out, but we know that it's good for us. We know we want to be healthy. Yeah. And he was saying if it wasn't on his way home. He wouldn't do it. No. No. Yeah, and the other thing is that I that I definitely can relate to because I've experienced it, but I also learned about it in prepping for this episode is fun. 
There was a study done that they said, if you really want to change a habit, make it fun. If you make it fun, you're way more likely to actually do it. Yeah. So if you if the gym is your thing, like if you want to add that to your repertoire mm-hmm. of of ha- healthier habits for this year, try to find a way to make it fun. Discover activities. Movement is movement. Okay, so yeah. if it's pickleball, or maybe you've never played pickleball, try it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are kind of all over the pickleball oh, yeah, they thing. Are. Yeah, we mm-hmm. have that at our gym. Or for me, I love uh, the pool. I love the pool classes. There are no decisions in that in that repertoire of, I keep using that word, repertoire. <laughs> there <laughs> That's are, all right. There's only one decision you have to make when it goes comes to like signing up for a class at mm-hmm. the gym. You just have to get there. Yeah. You just have to show up and then monkey see, monkey do. That's what I like about the pool. You I, g- well, you got to bring your swimsuit. Yeah. I was just, yeah. Please bring your <laughs> Please swimsuit. Please do. <laughs> it's another story for another time. Yeah. I was just telling somebody, I think it was my sister-in-law, that... I just, I, I like to be told, move this way, do that. And it's just, like you said, you just follow the instructions, monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, because, And I like that. And and there was an actual study too that um, that was another deterrent for people in uh, following through with their gym activity. If they oh. didn't know exactly oh. what they were going to do yeah. versus I've got a plan, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. The people with a plan, you, you put too many decisions in front of you. Oh my gosh. Right? overwhelming yeah because at our gym we've got a track well am i going to go on that or mm-hmm. not am i going to go on the floor or not am i going to go to class or not then you've got water classes and land classes exactly i mean the bigger the gym the more equipment the more overwhelming it is you look at half of them and you're like i don't know what to do with that do you do you right do you move it because it looks like <laughs> i'll build muscle just moving it <laughs> but if you have a class that you go to it starts at a certain time all you have to do is show up yeah that's easy peasy. Or if you work with a personal trainer. Yeah. So those, the, if those are the things that are keeping you back from movement, then try it. Mm-hmm. Sign up with a personal trainer. Actually, I'll put in the show notes for our, our trainer friend, Lindy. Lindy Flanagan is a friend of ours. She goes to our church and she's a personal trainer mm-hmm. and she works with Catherine and myself. And we have a little group of us, you know, from church that go to her basement and train. But she also does it through the computer. Mm-hmm. And I, I did one class, oh. I did a Zoom class with her or whatever they call it, Google Meets, whatever it is where you just, she shows up on your phone. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Huh. And you just have to have minimal equipment at your house, like mm-hmm. a chair that won't, a sturdy chair that won't fall down. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that. <laughs> Oops. And, and minimal weights. And you can do it through the phone. Yeah. And I really broke a sweat and got a good workout. Oh, that's good. I know. And you don't, you only have to walk 15 feet to get into a room with a chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to drive 20 minutes. That's true. All right. So no I'm, excuses. And no, there are no excuses. I'm going to write that down to put Lindy's okay. link to her website in okay. our show notes. Well, uh, pitfall number two, yep. trying to begin with a large habit, one that's too big, I guess is what they mean. And the solution is try to make the habit so easy you can't say no. So like what you were just saying, make yeah. it fun. Right. Like we go to uh, work out and we do it with a group and we have fun. We laugh. We laugh we're so hard. We're in the same age category. So we have the same issues, basically. <laughs> my shoulder hurts. My hip hurts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My knee pops. Yeah. And that's so almost so easy that we can't say no because we're we have fun 
The other part of that piece is accountability. So you have fun, but you also have accountability. I've signed up for this class. I've paid for the class. Mm -hmm. I've I've said to my friends, I'm going to meet you there. Yeah, and I suppose because the the goal here is to make it so easy you can't say no. And I guess if you have, there's some people like like me that does have a hard time just um, saying no or letting others down. I can let myself down, but to let others down, it's harder. Well, and the other piece of it is if you've got something set up where you're going to meet a group of people at a place, whether it be for Bible study or for working out or whatever the healthy habit is that you want, mm-hmm. if you're not going to show up, you're if you're a decent human being, you're going to call them or text them and say, hey, I can't make it. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a point of friction in terms of hopefully you'll be you you won't do that unless you absolutely cannot make it. Yeah. But if it's just you're just not feeling it that day, mm-hmm. you're probably going to push yourself through that and just show up. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I am anyway. And I need that accountability. Yes. Yes. All right. But remember, make it so easy that you can't say no. And fun. Don't forget the fun. Right. Well, that's the that would be a tool. Yeah. For sure. Okay. Pitfall three, not changing your environment. So if you don't change your environment, um, and they say that with a multitude of, of all kinds of things, people who are trying to, you know, go through recovery and things like that. Um, the solution is create an environment that promotes accountability and healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, when I first started working with Lindy, one of my pitfalls was peanut butter, mm-hmm. especially um, the kind with sugar in it. Mm-hmm. You know, that you don't have to keep in the fridge, like like Jif. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, and the kind <laughs> Skippy's that... Skippy's mine. <laughs> okay, the kind of peanut butter that if you take a spoon yeah. and you dip it in there, you can get a big old tablespoon or two of peanut butter mm-hmm. and just eat it, mm-hmm. like right there. And then you can put the lid back on and put it in the cupboard, right? Yeah. Or you go in for a second spoonful, different spoon. But anyway, that was my pitfall was my go-to and it was like a stress relief. And I would just grab a big old chunk of peanut butter and it's it, it, it was a problem. Yeah. So two changes that I made that helped me to stop that habit completely. Okay. One was put distance between me and the peanut butter. Don't buy it. No, not that much distance. Oh. Because, <laughs> and that's the thing too is uh, I... I, d- I think that with some of these changes, mm-hmm. we want to master control, but we don't want to have to to deprive ourselves completely mm-hmm. because there's nothing inherently wrong with peanut butter. Mm-hmm. The right. wrong was in digging into it for stress relief. That's, right. that's, that was the actual behavior that I wanted to change. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to enjoy peanut butter, but I don't want to do it to my demise. I just put distance between me and the peanut butter. So I put it in a pantry in like my laundry room, like a pie on a shelf. Okay. So it's still there. Yeah. But I couldn't even reach the shelf. I'd have to get out the little stool to stand. So on it's the a sh- chore to get yes, it. Yes. There was, it was more effort to get to it. So I'm just encouraging people, if you, if whatever the habit is that you're trying to break, mm-hmm. a bad habit, mm-hmm. okay, just make it harder for you to do that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And see if that helps. And then the other thing that helped for me was buying a different type of peanut butter. And mm-hmm. so I bought the kind that goes in the refrigerator. You cannot eat a tablespoon of that type of peanut butter because you'll choke. 
Mm. You know, because it's the kind, it's the natural peanut butter. Yeah. And I don't like the oil that sits on top. So I just dump that out into the trash. And then it's, so it's much drier. Oh. But it's great on celery or with an apple or on a piece of toast. And that's the way that I want to just enjoy peanut butter. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat it by the spoonful. Yeah. And you can't really do that with that type, I found, when you pour the oil off. So there's just a couple of tips. I've not done that, poured the oil off. Yeah. I don't like messing with the oil. I don't either. I did for a long time. Yeah. And then I got away from it. I just dumped yeah. all the oil on the top off into the trash. Mm-hmm. And then I just stir up what's left. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking about... Cha- so part of this thing, the solution is changing your environment. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about, oh my gosh, I might as well get rid of recipe books too. Because the other day I was going through my recipe book because I'm making meals for a couple people at church. And I'm like, I want to make something different. And I was going through it. And there was a peanut butter pie. Oh, yum. I know. <laughs> I was like, I, maybe I should get rid of this this recipe book. This is like too tempting. Yeah, whatever but, it takes, I guess. Yeah. And whatever level that you have to go to. Yeah. Try different things. Yeah, but don't remember. No, don't give up. But if your environment doesn't change, you probably won't either. Yeah. So, uh, so that is that with the pitfalls. And a quick summary are four simple steps for changing one habit at a time. Choose one keystone habit and do it well. It's ideal to select one goal that will bring your life in line. Be sure to start with something easy to achieve and then slowly enhance the degree of difficulty. Mm -hmm. Write down your plan. Try to create a habit loop, which is the cue, the routine, and the reward, and make it visible Um, what you'll do each day. Start off slow, um, focus on creating a ritual and results second, and have it measurable. Then make your goal public and develop a support team. Tell somebody. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Make a plan for when you falter. Write down what caused you to stumble. You want to be as honest as possible. Most importantly, don't be afraid to start over with a revised plan. Also, it gives um, a way that technology can help. So definitely look at the the website. There's a lot of information here. Yeah. Did you know that of all the behaviors that human beings do, one of the studies that I looked at said that 57% of the behaviors that we do are conscious decisions and 43% are unconscious decisions. They're just habits. Wow. 57% is like an actual choice and 43% is just your habits. Wow. So it's kind of important to pay attention to habits, Mm. you know, and I I think it would be beneficial for all of us just to be mindful of, well, what habits do I have and do I want to change them? You know, we we talked earlier about phone use in the car. Well, what are my habits in the car? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, do I do I glance at my phone when I'm driving? Do I feel like it's okay to, you know, answer a text in mm-hmm. between in between if I'm if I feel like I I have the confidence I'm not going to go off the road or whatever? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- those are things just to look at. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Uh, no, not from the article anyway. Okay. Well, I I just want to mention one of the experts that I found the most helpful and her name is wendy wood and wendy she's, wood what huh <laughs> wood as in w i know o o d she's an expert on this topic 
She's a professor at the University of Southern California, and she wrote a book. And the book is called Good Habits, Bad Habits. Mm. And it's been around for a while, and it's the science of making positive change that sticks. And, and so what this woman does is she, she takes a look at all these different studies, and then she puts it into context of this is, this is what the studies show, this is what we're learning. Um, one of the things that I found surprising was, have you ever heard the, the, um, the thought that it takes 21 days to create or break a habit? Uh, no. You haven't heard that? I don't think so. Well, it's out there. And, and that could be true, but it could also be true that it could take up to 254 days. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so this study uh, that that um, phrase came from, the 21 days to create or break a habit, it came from an actual study that did show that, but it also showed that it could take a lot longer depending on what you're trying to change. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because there could be a habit that, that we have that would take a lot longer than 21 days yeah, and a lot more commitment from us mm-hmm. to not give up. And, yeah. and I say that from experience of working with Lindy on my health. Mm-hmm. Food is something that I have struggled with, overeating, um, emotional eating, just um, eating unhealthy food, you know, mm-hmm. fat and sugar, mm-hmm. <laughs> donuts, whatever. Mm-hmm. It has been a, a struggle for so many years that it could take a lot longer than 21 days or just listening to a 45-minute podcast, podcast yeah. to undo that. Yeah. So don't give up. That's that's one of the biggest things that I came away with mm-hmm. on this. I also like the piggybacking idea yeah. of um, piggybacking a new habit that you want to create with what something that you're already doing. That's a positive one. Yeah. And I also like the fun aspect. Yes. And start small. I like that one. Yeah. Make it fun and start small, doable, mm-hmm. and you'll be good. All right. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add? You know, I have heard, speaking of how long it takes to break a habit, when my kids were very small, I had heard that it takes only three days to break a habit for them. So, for example, my son, um, he had a habit of having his binky. And I had learned from one of those parenting things that said it takes just three days to break him from that habit, which I found hard to believe. But sure enough... Um, it, it worked. It was only three days. And I mean, he had to have that binky all the time. Yeah. But in three days, he no longer, you know, wanted it once we took it away. I don't know if that's how that is for everything. I know with our daughter, she sucked her thumb mm-hmm. and it took a little longer than that, but it was not as bad. Well, that's probably because you can't chop off the thumb. Right. Exactly. Can't take that away. No. You know, in um, one more thing that you just made me think of is one of the things that this uh, Wendy Wood points out in her studies is that there are different portions of the brain that control the subconscious habitual behavior that we do. Mm. So, for example, like, you know, nobody's born knowing how to ride a bike, right? Mm -hmm. But then we learn. Right. How to ride a bike. So so you learn how to balance. You learn how to hang on, how to steer, how to pedal. Mm-hmm. And then they say that once you've learned, you, you always know. Yeah. Well, that information of how you learned is stored in your brain. Yeah. And there's also muscle memory. There's memory that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And there's like a pathway in your brain. And mm-hmm. it's in a particular area of your brain. 
Isn't that fascinating? It is fascinating. It's fascinating. The brain. And, and then she said that mammals, all mammals have the same ability when it comes to this repetitive cycle, albeit at different levels, because obviously humans are at a higher level yeah. than dogs. Right. But you know how dogs are trainable, that yeah. they can learn how to do certain things? Yeah. Okay. Same with um, humans. Mm. And it's all wrapped around repetition. Yes. Which is, th- that was pointed out in this too, right? Yeah. It all comes down to that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we have a spiritual inspirational verse. As always. It's yes. very inspirational, I think. It is. And it's First Corinthians ten thirteen, and it right is that the yep. one that we decided on? Yep. And it says, "No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful; He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And the way out is create a, a new loop. Yeah, a good habit. Yeah, or whatever stay the case committed. Might be. Don't give up. Just stay committed. Yeah, you can do it." All right. Um, thank you for hanging in there with us on this episode of habits and, and how we can implement new ones and get rid of bad ones and all of that. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a call to action, and that is to start small. Uh-huh. Just take one step of whatever whatever the category is. If it's your health, maybe your first step into that is I'm going to drink more water. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Start small with that. Or maybe you're going to move for three minutes a day. Yeah. And then build on it. Or quit something. Yeah. Quit sitting. Quit Oh, gosh, yes, sitting. Yeah. Sitting will kill you. They say that sitting is the new smoking. smoking. Mm -hmm. All right. Up next. Next. Procrastination. (laughs) We'll get to it. Eventually. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 